This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Counterfeit $1 Bills. Just start using them. They never check the ones. This bag was just dancing with me. Like a little kid begging me to play with it. that there was this entire life behind things and this incredibly benevolent force that wanted me to know that there was no reason to be afraid never hey everybody welcome back to the show i'm frank of course, always sitting across from the table is Zach. No, I'm sitting adjacent to adjacent you today. Adjacent from me. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting at an acute angle today. <laughs> you are pretty cute. Aww. Um You're being acute. <laughs> <laughs> now you're being obtuse. <laughs> today we are discussing Chris Mendez's 1999. No, Sam Mendez's. Oh, I'm sorry. We were talking about this before. <laughs> and I totally fumbled it. <laughs> today we are talking about Sam Mendez's 1999 mm-hmm. uh, American Beauty. Yeah. And you never saw this movie. I before. did not. And I I knew about this, and honestly, I just really knew like the Family Guy thing of making fun of it, where when the cheerleader like unbuttons the, oh, and the, the roses, shirt. but in the Family Guy, it's like chicken wings. Yeah, right? and yeah. he's eating it, and then it's Lois's hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean. You've never seen this. I love no. this movie. Uh, so what's your opinion, Zach? I hated it. No, you didn't. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very interesting movie, especially towards like the last 30 minutes. Yeah. I was like, what fucking direction is this movie going to go? Because yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of in a weird genre of film where the movie opens up basically telling you that the main protagonist is going to die. And it, it well, actually is already dead. Yeah. And it's him telling you that. Yeah, because he's like, I'm 42 years old, and in less than a year, I'll be dead. But I don't know that yet. Yeah, so it's kind of like a weird like meta thing going on, and I really appreciated it. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, this is basically almost a perfect film. It's really good. For me. Like, it's, for me, like... It's I, paced very well. I think that it's honestly, like, a perfect movie, or a pretty close to it. And I don't know if it's just like it holds. So like I know. All right, look. Like so I you're guess saying the live ha- action Mario movie <laughs> isn't a perfect. It's not up to standard with American <laughs> Beauty. Is that what you're trying to say, Frank? Um, so I know, like the the cat and like I mean the elephant in the room is Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, obviously. <laughs> like I, there are things that happened in the past couple of years that Kevin Spacey has kind of been you know shunned away from Hollywood a little bit and. I don't really want to get into that, mm-hmm. but um, I kind of just want to like all that like aside. Kevin Spacey is probably one of the best, actors. one of the best actors working, yeah, or was. And I mean, this movie, Kevin Spacey is so He's fucking good in this. in this movie. He's gold in this movie, and it sucks too because I was like, God damn, he was going to be Lex Luthor. Oh well, he was Lex Luthor. Well, he was going to be again. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, oh, and, I, and I was so on board with it, and then they were like, nope. Yeah, because, you know. But <gasps> anyway, um, but yeah, so I'm glad that you enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Uh, can I, I run down the people before yeah, you get you into the do, synopsis? You can do whatever you want. Cool, I'm going to take off my pants and start <laughs> roasting a fire. And then, <laughs> and then, so I only have like a few main characters because that's all you really need for it. So the main character is Lester Burnham, who is played by Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. 
His wife, Jane Burnham, is played by Thora Birch. Uh, you have Angela Hayes, who is played by Mina Savari, who is like the, the teenage girl that he fantasizes over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Ricky Fitz, who is Ricky played... Fitz. Ricky Fitz. That's a badass name. <laughs> played by Wes Bentley. But did you know that he's actually... He's in Ghost Rider? No. With Nicolas Cage? He no. plays Blackheart, the main villain. Oh, really? And they did a terrible job of making him. <laughs> I'll show you after. I mean, the whole movie's trash. Well, yeah, because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> let's get a 40-year-old to play a 22-year-old. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. And then you have Carolyn Burnham, who is the daughter, uh, played by Anita? Yeah. Anita Beening. Benning? I don't know. Anita Benning. All right. God damn it, Zach. <laughs> Get your shit together on these names. <laughs> and that's all I have. That's all you got? Yeah, I didn't write down the, like... The military dad? Yeah, Ricky's dad. Ah, oh, he's like kind of like an important part, Zach. <laughs> he is. I didn't think that, like, he would be until the very end. So, yeah. you know what? I'm going to find him on the Googles. <laughs> figure it out for beers. <laughs> All right, well, you, you can go ahead and look that up. Go ahead. Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. Plays Colonel Frank. Colonel Frank. That's me. I'm in, a, I'm in every movie ever made. <laughs> you're a sheriff. You're a colonel. You're an alcoholic father. I am. That, that one's in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about American yeah. Beauty. So if you guys don't know what American Beauty is, basically the film is about Kevin Spacey who basically decides that he kind of has like a midlife crisis mm-hmm. and he kind of decides I am very very unhappy with my life I am doing this nine to five at a, in a cubicle all day and I just am miserable my wife me and my wife don't even have sex anymore my daughter hates me you know my marriage is kind of just like on, basically his life is on autopilot yeah and it really spoke to me and <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so he basically just eventually decides to kind of just say, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And he just decides to live the life that he wants to live. Yes. So what does that mean? That means going out and buying the car that he's always wanted and quitting his job and just kind of just, he starts smoking pot a lot. Yeah. And, <laughs> he and starts he, working out. And yeah. So then like he does all that. Well, the working out doesn't really come in with like his, like his midlife crisis. Oh, it yeah, it, it kind of, so uh, we'll get there though. Yeah. So basically while he's having this midlife crisis, his daughter has a friend who is kind of like the popular pretty girl that everybody kind of wants to have sex with. Yeah. And She's kind of a slut they, a little bit. Yeah, and and they go to uh, her, his daughter's cheerleading. Uh, well, it's like a basketball game, I think. Yeah, and they go, and the, and the, his daughter is a cheerleader, and Kevin Spacey is sitting in the um in the bleachers with his wife, and he sees his friend's da- uh, the, uh, he sees the friend's daughter, and he. Falls just in fantas- love. Yeah, just he, fantasizes he, over and her. And he, he's obsessing. And he's, like, seeing her, like, in slow motion. And and it's just, like, all this, like, super, like, the music. It's just, like, her just alone in the in the thing. And he's alone in the bleachers. And it's a really, really cool scene. Yeah. And, um, it's not weird because she's 18. <laughs> she is definitely 18. <laughs> or at um, least the actor is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then he kind of starts, like, obsessing over her. And, he, and like, so then he wants to... The, the whole movie is basically, like, him... He's like he's like a shy like teenager where it's like he doesn't he doesn't quite know how to like speak to her and he gets super nervous around her yeah. when she's there 
but then she's in a weird position because she realizes it and then she starts like kind of like using that to her advantage and she's mm-hmm. kind of like flirting with him on purpose to make him nervous and especially to like the the hand touch on the shoulder when she goes to get the soda yeah and so then that's kind of ha- there's so many like subplots in this movie yeah. and f- normally or not normally but in a lot of movies it it om- like it would kind of feel too much mm-hmm. and it would feel like you're not uh kind of getting enough of anybody or you know like it's like w- kind of like when we discussed in the divide where it's like there's there's oh, so, so many- we're gonna bring up the divide again <laughs> why can't you just admit that you listen <laughs> why can't you if just you haven't it? listened to that ep- that that episode mm-hmm. because you don't know what that movie is because you most likely don't um <laughs> yes. listen to that episode because it is a good episode of frank just screaming at zach for a good 30 <laughs> minutes of just calling it's just like the movie stupid zach yeah, <laughs> and zach trying <laughs> to defend it yeah but uh yeah so definitely listen to that anyway i digress uh back to this movie so where were we I don't remember. We were talking about the movie. Yeah, I know. So, uh, yeah, but basically that's kind of like the, so, oh, what I was saying was the divide and yes, like how the sub story. Yeah. Like it's it. kind of like too much, but I feel like in this movie it's balanced very, very well. It is. And I did not think that it was going to go that deep into like everybody's character where like at certain points, like even Jane, who I, I hated in this movie, I thought she was a bitch the entire <laughs> time. Like you really see when she's trying to like sell the house Yeah, and she's, she's like, prepping it she's really cleaning it and like nobody wants it and then mm-hmm. harold is there from harold and kumar that is harold and he he just wants his white castle burgers yeah and nobody buys it and then she like closed the blinds and starts like breaking down crying i was like wow i feel bad for you right now yeah even though you're horrible you're a horrible person but i feel bad yeah uh i get it yeah i don't know i kind of just i hate her in this like just so much like, I just don't care. No, like, I, that was one scene <laughs> out of a two-hour movie yeah. that I felt bad for her. The rest of it, I was like, God, you're the worst. Yeah. They they almost kind of pull, like, a Fight Club. I don't know. What, when did Fight Club come out? 19... 1980? No. No, it had to <laughs> been... It was either 1999 or, like, really early 2000s, like 2000... 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it came out yesterday. Came out yesterday. <laughs> Um, well, either way, uh, they, they almost kind of, they kind of have like a similar like scene in the movies where, uh, when he like quits his job in the, in, in, uh, American beauty, he quits his job and he kind of has like the whole thing where he's kind of like telling his, the boss guy and he's kind of like saying like, I'm going to blackmail you. Yeah. And then in fight club, it's kind of like, Oh, you're going to, he's like, you're, he's like, you're going to fire me. All right. I'm just going to beat the shit out of myself and say it was you for blackmail. (laughs) It's kind of like very like there's parallels with one another. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, all right, anyway, so the, the, I guess the only sort of criticism that I have for this film that I don't absolutely love is the daughter-boyfriend relationship for me. It's a little weird, and it's a little, like, it borders way too much on, like, he's stalking her and she's just kind of into it. Yeah, it's 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 odd, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, they... It's, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, and I, I also just kind of find it a little boring. For really? me, like for me, I mean, maybe it's just because I see, maybe I feel, I feel like watching it with new eyes, mm-hmm. you, you're just completely infatuated with it and you're kind of like a, along for the ride the entire time. But then like when you've seen the movie a few times, it's kind of like my least favorite part of the film where it's just like, all right, you're just sitting in a bedroom, just talking about whatever, like, yeah, you know, naked. It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> like for me, it's like, for me, it's kind of just like a whatever aspect, but I understand why it needs to be there yeah. and it is 
kind of critical for like the character development of them and Man, that dude's got a lot of fucking drugs. Yeah, I mean, that's what surprised <laughs> me, too, because I like Ricky as a character. Yeah. Because he's just this military kid, but he videotapes everything. Yeah. I feel like his dad would have a problem with that. Right. And, yeah, then he's selling drugs, and he has, like, a whole other corporation that he never discloses. Yeah. But he has, like, so many things and so many resources from it yeah like especially to like the Dude, homeboy got 40 grand in the bank yeah <laughs> that's like triple the amount that i have <laughs> quadruple the amount that i have Zach has no money i have four pennies in the bank right now <laughs> uh please send us care packages <laughs> just send me soup. Zach's, Zach's getting really thin <laughs> but it also might be because i keep him chained to the table here and he's not allowed to leave <laughs> he brings I forget me to food feed him once, once a week while. yeah if i if i remember yeah it's just chum <laughs> chum and fish heads <laughs> this episode is brought to you by chum <laughs> um it's fish guts <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't seen American Beauty, highly recommend it. I know that the whole Kevin Spacey thing is probably a little weird, but still try to get that out of your head and just watch the movie. Uh, you know, separation of artists and personal life. Uh, it's great. So we're going to get into like some spoilers. I don't if you haven't seen it again. This movie came out in 1999. So just you just listen, I guess, if you don't <laughs> care, because this movie's 20 years old. 20 years. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Wow, dude, dude, we've been alive for that period of I've time. Been alive, yeah, and then four more years afterwards, five more years. How old are you? I'm 24. No, you're not. Yes, I am. All right, I'm 25. No, you're not. Yes, I'm 84. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so now we're gonna get into spoilers. Yes. So, where do you, you where do you want to start? God, yeah, this movie's tough to start. It's. it's, it's I want to. You know what I really want to talk about? Mm-hmm. The fucking uh, the 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 real estate guy. Buddy, yeah, buddy. I hate that man's God, eyebrows so, so much. <clears throat> yeah, and buddy I hate, Kane, the, I hate, the king of real estate. I hate him so much. But there's a really, really funny scene with him and the wife, where they finally decide to, you know, have the affair. Yeah, and they're having sex, and she's like, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like it from the king. <laughs> I think she screams like "fuck me, your highness," and it's just like, like so funny. This is what I needed. <laughs> it's really funny, yeah. but man, so Kevin Spacey in this movie is so good. Yeah, and when you he really deci- believe that oh, like, yeah. he's just desperate, he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, a hundred percent. And when he do, when he quits his job and then gets the job at the fucking fast food place, yeah, and and his and his wife rolls up. To the window with yeah. <laughs> uh, with Buddy, and he just doesn't even care. He's like, baby, he's like, I want you to be happy. Go ahead, go yeah. crazy, like do whatever you want to do. Care he just doesn't give a shit. He's like, whatever. And then he's totally fine with it. Like that uh, when when the when the military dad comes up and he shows up and he's like, where's your wife? And he's like, well, she's probably out cheating on me right now. And he's like, you don't care. He's like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's insane. He has a lot of really cool lines too, and I think like. I think for Lester, the where it all really starts for him to kind of like say like fuck it, I don't care, and like let me do what I want to do, is like when he overhears when Angela is sleeping over with mm-hmm. Caroline, and then she says like you know like I would fuck your dad if like he was a little bit like muscular, yeah, and then he goes into the basement and gets naked and starts working out, yeah, yeah, and I think that's really the point for me where I felt like this is where he's turning everything around and mm-hmm. like he's doing exactly what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But I think 
what one of my favorite shots in the movie is like when he's looking up the roses in bed yeah and she's naked shot. and it's like great. the roses petals Falling. are coming down yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a very very beautiful shot it and is. it's really really like well done and i mean in some cases there's some scenes where the rose petals you could tell are cgi and they don't look fantastic but yeah. i mean it's it's like whatever like it's still really it's, it looks it's passable for sure like yeah. it's 100 percent passable yeah even like to like the dream sequence where it's like he's kissing her and then like he pulls the rose petal out of his mouth i was like that's really cool yeah that's a good shot yeah i was, I was watching it with jess and she was kind of just like is this real is this like what's going on and i was like anytime the roses are in the scene it's basically like a, like a dream sequence mm -hmm. and you can tell when it's a dream sequence they just it just doesn't look the same you know what i mean like yeah. the lights tend to be it tends to be like darker and more like uh it almost looks more like broadway theatrical kind of um and yeah so i mean i i think that with with the roses when she's when when he first like lays her when he first lays his eyes on her mm -hmm. and she starts like unbuttoning her shirt and all the roses come like pouring out of her shirt and then they just like they're like in his mouth and they're yeah. just hitting him in the face and whatever it's like it's such it's such a clever way to show infatuation it is you know yeah. and i think that and it's such a clever way to show like there's you know you know like a lot of films kind of sh will kind of just have him kind of like gawking over her and then it'll maybe he just like kind of like zoning out on her and then that's oh, it like the cartoon of like smacking his well not that hammer, but his <laughs> eyes popping out <laughs> not that but i'm saying like like i'm, I'm glad that they kind of went for like a sort of you know, it just looks a little bit more like theatrical and cinematic. Yeah. And I'm glad that they kind of went in that direction opposed to just like sticking to like in reality and him just kind of like looking at her infatuated. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that they did like the whole roses. But yeah, like when, when he's looking up at the ceiling and he, and he sees her and the roses are falling down and she's naked up there and the roses are covering like her breast yeah. and everything. I'm like, it's so beautiful because I mean, at the end of the day, this isn't a, this is not like a blockbuster film in any way, shape or form. Like this isn't, you know, this is kind of like a smaller, like, Indie it, film yeah, almost. kind of. And, you know, but, but so that, that being said though, I think that the, the roses and all that kind of add like a really, really nice touch to like this smaller film. Yeah. You know, I, I think that it really kind of adds like some, it adds some character to it. And I think it's done really, really well. I'll agree with you this one time. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, again, too, like, there are some really great quotes in this movie, too. Like, um, when Lester, like, finally says, like, you know, I'm going to quit my job. And he gives the guy Brad, like, the whole list of notes of, like, hey, like, you're a piece of shit. And, like, I hate you. And, mm -hmm. like, I'm going, I, I jerk off at least once a day in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And then he blackmails him, yeah. like, for the year's salary mm -hmm. with pension and everything like that. And Brad says, like, you're a sick fuck, you know that? Yeah. And he's like, nope, I'm just an ordinary guy with nothing to lose. Yeah. And I think that really, like, speaks to who Lester is in this movie. Yeah, because he's, he's, again, he's totally just doesn't care anymore. No. And then I like that he, when he's jerking off he and well uh, this is out of, that's out of context i like the scene where like he's jerking off in the bed and his wife wakes up and it was like are you jerking off he's like yeah i'm choking the bishop <laughs> he's like he's like it's more than you do for me <laughs> it's my house i get to jerk off when i want to jerk off unless you want to fuck yeah but man so how do you feel about uh ricky 
I like Ricky as a weird, character. He's weird, he, though. He is weird. He almost puts on an act of being weird, but is still incredibly weird. Yeah. Like, burning the name into the... Odd, right? Yeah, like, don't don't really need that. And then also, like, I mean, even at the end, like, when... So, I mean, again, it, it's not really... It, the movie is basically they tell you that that uh, Lester is gonna die. Yeah. So you know that he's gonna die. Yes. And when Ricky sees Lester's dead body and he leans down and he like he's like just he looking at he, he does smile. He straight up does smile. He's smiling and mm-hmm. he's looking at the dead body and he's just you know and Lester's lying there with his head blown out and. And Ricky just kind of like kneels down. He's, he's just looking directly into his eyes, and he's just kind of sm- and he smiles like faintly, and then just kind of like straightens his face, and then gets up and leaves. I was waiting for him to videotape it too. He's got like a and like the daughter would have been like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, he's got like this weird obsession, and where he he sees beauty in almost everything. Yeah. And he sees you like the bag. Well, yeah, but like specifically also like he sees beauty in death Mm -hmm. and you know, he, he, there's a point in the scene or in the movie where he says that he saw a, a homeless woman dead on like the sidewalk because she froze to death one night. You know, she didn't have shelter and he was like, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And he like filmed it. And he's, I mean, he's basically a sociopath a little bit. Yeah, a little, a little crazy, you know, and it's it's just it's just a weird character because he he's obs- kind. Of, would you say that he's obsessed with the daughter? Yeah, and I also fucked up because it's Jane who's the daughter and Caroline is the mother. Oh. So yeah, he's he's a little too obsessed with Jane. You think? A little bit, you, but she's you, also into it because she's, she's very insecure. She's as a got. Character. She is kind of like the stereotypical definition of like a girl that has like daddy issues. Yeah, you know where like, it's like she does. She hates her dad. She feels like her dad is like absent from her life. She doesn't like. Um, she doesn't like her mom really either. She no. kind of just kind of feels like a like a loner. Mm-hmm. So the first thing she, that you see too is like before she leaves her school, she's looking up like breast augmentations. Yeah, so she's because she just like hates her body. She hates herself basically. <clears throat> so I almost think that she kind of likes that he's obsessed with her uh, with her because it's probably like the first time that she's ever really gotten any kind of attention before. Yeah. So even though it's like borderline fucking like creepy stalkerish mm-hmm. she's she still kind of like appreciates it in a weird way yeah and, and that, then, that's interesting yeah because then that starts like the spiral of her hanging out with angela less and then angela kind of getting like a little bit more desperate mm-hmm. almost and then that leads her to like wanting to fuck lester a little bit more than... sort of but did you, did you notice how when when she's over the house and lester's there and th- at this point lester's kind of feeling himself he's been working out a lot he's kind of like got like more and he's like this movie i don't know they don't really like show there is like a time jump because like there's a point where like lester is got like the like the kind of like the dad bod and then and then there's like a jump where like he's actually really fit like kevin spacey looks like really good in this movie (laughs) towards like the end and um and you know he's like kind of like feeling himself and he's got like a little bit more confidence and he kind of feels he's not nearly as like shy and whatnot around uh, what's her name? Angela. Angela. I was gonna say Angela. And um, no, you weren't. Yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> I know names. 
um, you know, so so she like comes over and she like says something to him, and then he doesn't like shy away and freak out, which is what Angela was expecting him to do. And then Angela gets, and then Angela gets freaked out mm-hmm. because she's like, "Whoa, this just got way too real for me." Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, "Wait a minute, this is fucking weird." Um, and then you know they go back upstairs, but like Angela's character is also pretty complicated. Everybody, everybody in this everybody, fucking movie is complicated. That's what I wrote down in my notes is like everybody has like their own story and their own development. Yeah, and like because Angela basically, you're, you're kind of like told throughout this entire film that she's like the popular girl. She's she's going to be like a model. You know, like yeah. that's like kind of like what she wants to do with her life. She like she's had tons and tons of sex with all these different guys because all these guys kind of gawk over her. And, and then you kind of learn that, A, she's a virgin. Yeah, yeah, because when it comes to the boiling point of like when it's about to go down yeah lester and her are about to have sex on the couch and like she he's like undressing her and then she says i'm a virgin just in case like it's bad i'm sorry yeah and then lester realizes like oh i can't do this either yeah yeah and And then he turns into like a dad again it becomes like a kind of like a like a weird i mean you can't like it's an uncomfortable undo what, scene. what happened, like, mm-hmm. but it's really weird. But she also has like this, we- like this, this characteristic about herself where she is obsessed with being with with being, or I guess not being normal. Like she yeah. does not want to be, and I think she says like, "There's nothing worse in life than being ordinary." Yeah, yeah. While and, they're smoking weed in the car, and she says it, you know, she says it a couple more times too. And then Ricky, like, kind of hits her where it hurts, where he, you know, when, when he decides to leave with Angela to go to, uh, I think he, I think they decided in New York City. Yeah. And she's, she's like, you know, like, are you guys serious? Because this, in, the entire movie, she just is talking shit about Ricky, uh, Ricky to Angela, uh, to uh, Jane. Jane's face. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they, when they decide to leave, he basically tells her, like, listen, you're, you're just like an, he's like, you're, you know, you're, you're stupid or whatever. And he goes, and you're, and you're ordinary. He goes, yeah. you're just, you're just a very simple person. Mm-hmm. And then she gets like really hurt by that. That's like hitting her where it hurts. Yeah. And, and then, then she's crying on the steps. Yeah. And then, you know, when she finally decides to kind of make, go forth with what she does with Lester. She she simply asks him straight up. She's like, "Am I ordinary?" And he's like, "No, you couldn't be ordinary if you tried." Yeah, and that's like just the boost that she needed, really. Just enough. And she's yeah. like, "All right, cool. I guess I'll bang him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bang a dad." <laughs> um, so which maybe too like it's just really like revenge because like she's mad at Jane too at this point. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I don't. I don't think it was revengeful. I genuinely believe that she wanted. She to- just loves attention. the attention, mm-hmm. and if. If somebody gives it to her, then she doesn't care, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that she really is so stuck up on looks as she claims to be. Like, she, you know, she she always talks about, like, oh, you know, I had sex with this guy. He was so hot. He was so cute. He was so this. He was so that. I don't think she really cares about that. I really just think that she just wants somebody to follow her around and tell her that she's beautiful 24-7. So... I think it being that Lester is 42 years old, that doesn't matter. Like yeah. it could have been a 50, a 60 year old. As long as they're giving her the attention, mm-hmm. she doesn't care. And you know, that obviously plays into part with what's going on. Like with her, like what's like, they don't, they don't ever show you like what's going on at home with Angela. But I mean, you could, I guess you can really only imagine like, she seems like if they gave her like a, a story, like a side story, yeah her parents would be like the type that like forced her into like 
you know beauty pageants as a kid and like told her like you know you're not you're never gonna be anything if you're not pretty something yeah. like that like deprive her of like food and you know like you know call yeah. her fat and blah 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 yeah. blah. I, mean, I, I i agree with that i kind of think that that's kind of like the type of person that she that or that's the type of childhood that she would have had yeah and you can almost see that too with like some of the other characters that they don't really touch on mm-hmm. you can almost pinpoint like what their backstory kind of is yeah like even the mom to ricky like she's just kind of like mentally dead almost where like she's just going through the motions because she's just given up on life mm-hmm. like she has nothing really to live for yeah because the colonel is just so dude fucking... he is a, a a really intense character oh yeah especially too like just from like him finding out that ricky opened up the cabinet to like show jane the nazi, the nazi plate. plate yeah <laughs> and he's he immediately just comes in and punches Dude, the he fuck just out wrecks of ricky hard yeah. like he comes in and just beats the shit out of him and he's like how did you get into there like what were you doing in there yeah. and he's like i just wanted to show my girlfriend your nazi <laughs> memorabilia and it's yeah. like i don't think yeah. you should have that in the first place yeah as somebody who fought for for the United States, right, <laughs> it seems like a weird thing to have. Yeah, but um, I I, I kind of want to get into like the boiling point at the end. Well, now. before we do that, I okay. I, I want to be, because there's also a very important thing with the dad where he, the whole movie basically, he's kind of against homosexuality. Oh yeah, and uh, they have it. So Ricky's parents move into the neighborhood mm-hmm. at like the start of the film they are like the new people so there are there are neighbors who are a gay couple men yeah and they was it jim and jim yeah <laughs> yeah and he was like hey we're partners it's like okay what do you sell it's like <laughs> well he's a real estate agent and i'm an accountant yeah it's like but, <laughs> but what do you do it's like each other <laughs> <laughs> well they don't say no that. they don't but, like, but uh funny. yeah but so when they knock on the door and introduce themselves and then uh he realizes frank colonel frank realizes yeah. that uh you know that they are a homosexual couple mm-hmm. and then he's you know i don't vouch for the word but he's he, he uses the word faggot a lot yeah and he's it's he, a harsh it's, word, it's a harsh man. word to say and it it just sounds harsh coming yeah. like out of your mouth. It's like, ooh man, that's yeah. that's rough. Even even the abbreviation of like fag, it's still like, yeah. Ugh, like can you use something else? <laughs> just anything else. <laughs> um, so you know, he and he's very upset that that they even are like you know in the neighborhood basically, mm-hmm. and that, and and he's upset that that they're in the neighborhood and that they're so open about it. Yeah, and you know, Ricky being in the car with his dad, he tries to like get on his dad's good side where he's like, he's like, if I may speak, if I, if I may speak freely, you know, those faggots make me want to puke my fucking brains out or something similar to that. And it really just kind of shows you the type of man that he is because he kind of like, you know, he looks, he looks at his son when he says that. And he kind of like gives like this, like, okay, like, like like a a faint smile, like, all right, like, cool. Like I'm proud of you. It's like, the only moment in the movie where he almost kind of seems sort of proud of his son. At one and point, for such almost, a hateful thing. Yeah. At one point, he almost says like he he looks like he's about to say like I love you or something like that to him, and then yeah. he just says like, like good night. No. Yeah, he's, he's not. But yeah, so that's a very very important because at the end, it's established something else is established, and yeah, because uh, and now we can now we can yeah talk about the the as you said the boiling point. Yeah. So a couple of things that correlate that made me really think like i don't know what fucking direction this movie is gonna go Mm -hmm. because 
one being like the shortest thing is like while Buddy and Caroline are like fucking afterwards they're like oh like you know what really relieves stress is like shooting a gun yeah and i love it and then caroline starts to like go to the shooting range and like she's a natural with it yeah yeah um and then when she finds out that like you know lester is working at the burger shop and sees them and then he's like i i kind of want a divorce yeah and then she's just sitting in the rain at the end and is holding the gun and saying i am not a victim i am not a victim right I was definitely feeling like it was going to be her. Well, that's what it's implying. Yeah. You, and that's then, like what the whole thing is leading you to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have the whole thing, too, of like halfway through the movie where it's Jane and Ricky like videotaping each other. And she says, like, oh, I wish somebody would just put him out of his misery. And Ricky says, like, do you want me to kill him for right. you? And that's actually what opens the film. Yes. And that's why it's I was a good like, opener. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, what's going to happen here? Right. And then. Thankfully, like after a minute, she's like, "You know, I'm just kidding, right?" Yeah, yeah. And but he's like, "You but don't know what you him. have no idea like, because I don't what know what he's like, gonna do." Yeah, and then you have the colonel who like sees that Ricky is going over because he has like a little pager. He's like, "Oh, like Jane forgot like her notebook. I got to bring it over so she can study." And then he's looking through the window to see like uh, Lester and Ricky like in the garage together. And because of, like, the beam in the middle, it looks like he's blowing Lester, but really he's just rolling a joint for him because he's selling... Ricky's selling him weed throughout the entire movie. Right. And apparently some good shit, too, because it costs $2,000 for, like, an ounce. (laughs) And uh, not in the weed game, but, like... That seems like you got to have some really good shit for it. (laughs) So, you know, then you get the whole scene of, like, the colonel like beating the shit out of Ricky again and calling him that he thinks he's gay and like that he's been sucking dick and like he needs to get out of the house. He kicks him out of the house for being gay. Yeah, but Ricky could have easily just been like, no, I'm selling weed again. Yeah, but either way, I think it didn't matter. No he, matter he was what. Gonna get, he was going to get kicked out probably either way because if, if he finds out that he's selling drugs, probably going to be gone anyway, you know? Yeah. So, well, yeah, actually that brings up a good point because maybe like by doing this of just – saying like get out of the house it has a means of escape for him to go try and do something with jane whereas if he told him that he was selling drugs then they would just pack up and like move or like send him to like a military Boarding camp school again. or something yeah. yeah yeah so i mean ricky kind of decides you know what i'm done here like i don't want to even i don't want to live in this house anymore yeah. so he kind of he kind of you know he tells his dad like yeah i am gay he's obviously not but he's yeah. telling him that he is just because he wants his dad to kick him out yeah, he's like i turned the best tricks in town yeah and he 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 basically like you know it says to him that like i'm the best piece of ass in the in all three states or something like that and um and you know the father is crying yeah he's and he's physically broken he, yeah from this. and he's like he's got his fists up like he's he's like if you say one more thing i'm gonna just punch you because you know i mean i guess he does love his son but because, he doesn't know how to express it yeah because he's a military guy right so you know obviously he has some type of love for him because obviously if he didn't then he wouldn't have broken down like that and been so upset yeah but the love for his son and the hatred for the homosexuality aspect of it like he he you know that over the love for his son you know like that kind of takes over for the love of his son which is really crazy that yeah. you know like I mean, I, and obviously in real life like these are things that happen like some you know people tell their parents like hey i'm gay and then they kick them out yeah 
And it's kind of crazy that, you know, the sexuality of your child is more important than you, than your child itself. Yeah, which I never understood. Right. I don't get it. Like, if you've raised your kid and you've loved them throughout the years and, like, you've been there for them and then this is their lifestyle, then all of a sudden you just disown them. Right. Like it's, it's, it, to me, it's not really fair. No, not at all. And, and it, it leads to, like some really dark lives then for the people that are kicked out because right. then they have to like fend for themselves and yeah. like half the time people end up homeless and depressed. Yeah. But man, this took a dark turn. <laughs> well, I mean this movie, <laughs> this movie isn't happy. Like this no. is not a, this is actually a pretty dark. I mean, it, this movie actually has some great comedic moments and it's mm-hmm. actually pretty funny throughout the entire film. But like you said, like this last like 30 minutes, kind of it, the whole thing is very very dark yeah 1978 pontiac firebird Ooh, it's sweet isn't it yeah, nice. <laughs> but yeah then we get to the scene that you were talking about where the colonel comes over in the pouring rain to lester working out and then you had mentioned too where it's like where's your wife it's like i don't know she's probably out fucking the <laughs> real estate else. guy and he's like you're he's like your wife is out probably cheating on you and you don't care and he's like no mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then yeah so then a very crazy that i don't i'm I'm sure you weren't expecting i wasn't i Um, wasn't at all uh colonel frank kisses lester yeah on the lips and and lester like kind of pushes him away and he's like whoa man he's like i think you got the wrong idea here because he like before they kiss he like hugs him yeah and and it's like a weird hug yeah and he kisses him and Lester kind of like pulls up, pushes him away and he's like listen man i'm sorry you got like the wrong idea like this is not that's not what this is that this is and then he kind of looks defeated and he just kind of like slowly turns around and just walks back into the pouring rain and he goes back home and he's crying. Yeah. And so, I mean, the entire film, you're, you're being told, you know, how, how much of how against he is against homosexuality, but it was really because he was a homosexual his entire life, but he was and suppressing it. Yeah. And he's just been like so insecure about like trying to find himself through it. Right. And then... You get, like, the very, very last scene, really, where, you know, it's Lester and Angela, like, again, Lester kind of, like, became more of, like, a father role again, and, like, is making her, like, something to eat, and then he asks her, like, hey, like, how's Jane doing? Like, she doesn't really, like, talk to me, and she's like, she's great, like, she she really likes this guy, and she's in love, and then Angela asks him, how are you doing? And he says, mm-hmm. I'm great. He's like, no one's, I don't think anybody's asked me that. And like, he doesn't remember how, yeah. So he's like, I'm actually really, really good. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's really sad because it's like finally final Lester. Right. And Lester is really at a point in his life where he's, he's, he actually is genuinely happy. Yes. And you know, and then he sits to the out, to the outside world, their life is a fucking mess. Yeah. But internally he's he's, he's so great. he's so fulfilled and he's just so happy and he's just doing what he wants to do and he's mm-hmm. just like i don't care like what anybody thinks and it's kind of like you know it's just like it's just one of those he's just one of those people that's just kind of like i'm gonna do what i want to do and i don't really care what anybody else thinks about it uh you know like he doesn't care about judgment or anything he's just doing what he wants to do yeah um but yeah so that is his final line yeah because then he sits down with the picture of him and caroline and jane so while all that's happening his wife is like in the car with a gun yeah fucking like saying like ready yeah and she's like going she's like walking in well what does she say i'm not going to be a victim yeah she's like i'm not going to be a victim yeah so she's like mentally preparing to kill her husband yeah right so then she's got the she's got the gun she walks or she's like kind of like in the rain like walking towards the house 
and then Lester's sitting on the at the kitchen table. Angela went to the bathroom, so he's like kind of alone. And then all you see is the gun go to the back of his head, mm-hmm. and then boom, it goes off. He he gets his head blown out, and it's over. Yeah. And then you realize that it was Colonel Colonel Frank, Frank that actually came over, shot him in the back of the head. Because you, it, it shows he just doesn't know it, what the fuck to think anymore. Yeah. So because it, it, sh- I thought it, I thought it was done very well. Where it's just him. He opens up the door in his house, and he's just covered in blood. Yeah. And he's got like the gloves on, and he's just like you know he's like taking the shirt off and everything. He's like gonna go shower or whatever because he just committed murder. Yeah. Um, and then. And then they do it. I think it's done very, very well where it shows you exactly where everybody was and what they were doing when the gunshot went off. Yeah, while doing the monologue again yeah. where he's talking about, like, you know, how it seems like when you die, like, your life flashes before your eyes. And, like, he talks about, like, it was just one scene where it's, like, him at camp, like, as a kid staring up at the night sky. And then yeah. it, it kind of, like, shows, like, where everybody was at, like you yeah. were saying. And it was done really cool. It was, dude, it's done so well. And, like, what, right before he gets shot, he's staring at a photo of his family mm-hmm. when they were, like, like when, Aunt, uh, when Jane, Jane was, was a like, a kid and they were actually, like, happy together. And he was just looking at that. And Caroline had those terrible bangs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking bob cut or whatever it's called. Um, but then, you know, like one of his final lines is like, I think he just says like Jane. And it's got, and it shows her like, like as a teenager. And then he says Jane again. And then it's her as a kid. And yeah. she's like opening, it's like the door opening up and she's got like balloons or something. And it's just like him going through every, all the, yeah. like, you know, everybody's life. And just, I don't know, man. It's kind of like. It's a beautiful. It, it's sad very. Movie. It's very beautiful because it almost seems like he's at peace. Yeah. With like dying, and he's and he's kind of okay about it, and he's kind of happy with where he's at, where he was at, and he's just kind of like hoping the best for everybody. Like he knows, he just want he he just wants his daughter to be happy, so he's happy that she's off in love, running, you know, doing what she's doing. His wife is kind of, you know, she obviously she's probably not in the. The best terms of life, where yeah, when it comes, I mean, down she's to gonna go live in New York City with Ricky, her boyfriend well, no, 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 of the, a month. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, um, his wife. Oh, Caroline. Caroline is oh, kind of like she'll be fine. She'll be fine with Bud, her whatever his name, Buddy, Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> for another month before yeah. he cheats on her. <laughs> so you know, it, it it's really it's it's really like a beautiful, sad movie. Yeah, and uh, I think it's done very very well, and I think that it really hits. Almost it checks all the a lot points. of boxes. I think really. so. I really, I think it does because it's got the humor, it's got the emotion, it's got like the romance. And it's very side. well written. Yeah, it's very, very well written. You know, the mon- like when when Ricky's talking about the bag, and you're yes. like, dude, it's just a fucking bag. But yeah, it's but like he's so the poetic way that, with it. Oh my god, it's so poetic. Yeah, it, the, the movie's just so well written. Yeah, and it's a way for him to get the girl. It is. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's American Beauty. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I'm yeah. glad that you saw it. I think it's an important film to watch. I think it's, uh, I think it's really is kind of like a gem from the '90s. Yeah, and now it's erased from my mind now that we've talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> Deleted <laughs> forever. Uh, and that's it, guys. Was so, it? This is the one with the prostitute that like. That's has, what you thought. I don't. What movie were you thinking it was? Uh, leave comments in the section below if you know what movie the prostitute with the jewelry box and they snap it shut and she like giggles. Oh, that's, uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't. I can't remember there, but yeah, where it's like he's like the businessman, and he decides to make her like he, he like kind of falls in love with the prostitute, mm-hmm. and he makes her like a proper young woman. 
Oh, Kung Pre- Fu Panda 2. <laughs> that's what it is. It's Pretty Woman? I don't know. Yes, Pretty Woman. Is that that's what it. it is? <laughs> oh, my God. It was going to bug me for like the rest of the day until I Googled it. <laughs> All right, cool. So he, that, that's what you thought this movie was. Yes. No. So uh, that's American Beauty. Yep. I'm Zach. I'm Frank. Thank you for listening, everybody. Shout out to our sponsors <laughs> that we make up every week. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits.